Welcome to Kiss in Tel Aviv, where we put the love in Tel Aviv. I'm your host, Margot, and this is Tel Aviv's first and only dating, sex, and relationships podcast. And in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to deal with feeling lonely during the holidays. And you may be thinking, but Margot, it's September. The holidays aren't until... Ah, ah, ah. Nope. I'm going to stop you right there because this is Kiss in Tel Aviv. And we're coming at you from the Jewish state. And us Jews do things a little differently, as you may know. I'm talking about the high holidays. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Simchat Torah. We're getting into all of it because this can be a time of year for many of us, especially Olot and Olim who are feeling super lonely. Whether you're a lone soldier and you just got to Israel or you made Aliyah by yourself and you don't have any family here or you haven't really established your social or faith community yet, whatever it may be, I'm going to share a list of places that you can check out where you won't have to be alone, places that are offering dinners and high holiday services and events as well as some emotional tips to help you get through this time of the year. Because for some of us, the high holidays aren't so high, are they? They can be low, and I get it, because I've been there. I'm really excited to have you guys joining us on this week's episode, so let's get right on into it. Now, as you guys know, one of my favorite new additions to the show has been your listener emails, and they have not disappointed. I feel so honored that you guys are sending me emails asking me to address them here on the podcast. As a reminder, if you would like to send me a question that I will answer here on the podcast, you can do so at info at M-A-R-G-O-T-T-O-U-I-T-O-U.com. That's info at margotwito.com. And I will also put the email address in today's show notes. This listener wrote... And the subject line is to Tomer or not to Tomer. I think we already know the answer, but let's find out. Hey, Margot, hope you're doing great. Longtime Kiss and Tel Aviv listener. Seriously love your insights. Thank you. Here's the deal. I met a guy. He's a real Tomer and things were awesome. My love, I think those are conflicting statements, but let's continue. Then out of nowhere, radio silence. Classic ghosting move. But then, all of a sudden, he gets back in touch, asking me, Ma kore, what's up? How you been? <laughs> no mention of the ghosting, just acting like everything's cool. Your podcast is my compass, seriously. Any Aliyah big sister advice for a situation like this? How can I decide if Tomer's worth it without risking round two of heartache? Thanks a million for reading this. Can't wait to take hear your take on air. All right, so thank you, first of all, so much for your email and for being a loyal Kiss in Tel Aviv listener. It really means the world to me. Second, I would like to remind you that this experience that you just had, let this be a lesson in listening to your instincts because it sounds to me like you kind of already knew this guy was a Tomer and your instincts are there for a reason. Also, a lot of times as women, we're taught not to listen to our instincts so that people can take advantage of us. So don't let that happen to you. Now, as for the ghosting, it sounds like this guy's doing what a lot of people will call the zombie, where he's risen from the dead. And now he wants to roam the streets like, Ah, Makale, ah, are you awake? Ira. 
You know what I mean? He's a zombie. <laughs> um, they always come back, right? They always come back. Here's the thing. It's really clear that this guy is in and out of your life when it suits him. And that's not cool. I think you know what you need to do, but here's what you can say to him. If you want to respond to him resurrecting from his grave and showing up again, like the second coming of Jesus. So this, what I'm about to share with you, shout out to TikToker Courtney Shields. Um, She's got really great advice about how to like what kind of comebacks you should say to a guy who ghosts you. So follow Courtney Shields on TikTok. If you want to get really, really savage, I don't know what your style is, but if you're kind of petty like me, you can, depending on the amount of time that it's been since he ghosted you, you can say something like this. You can you can just reply and be like, sorry, who is this? And add a little cheeky emoji if you feel like it. Because this response, it's kind of funny. You're like, huh? Who is this? And you're kind of giving him shit back for ghosting you, but you're also letting him know that it's not okay for him to act this way. And if something like that doesn't feel natural, or maybe you're not as petty as I am, you can say something like more straightforward, such as, I find your inconsistency really unattractive. Wishing you the best, though. There's nothing that would get him feeling the weight of his decisions more than saying that something he did was unattractive. If somebody told me something I did was unattractive, I would never do that thing again. Ever. So that one's pretty strong and it would probably work pretty well. And it's puts a period at the end of the sentence instead of a question mark. Wishing you the best though. Bye. <laughs> 1-800-YALA-BYE-BITCH. Or you could say something like, to be honest, I've seen what I needed to see. Our communication styles don't align. Good luck, though. And I think a lot of times when we respond to guys, we're sort of afraid of, what's he going to think? Oh, my God, I don't want to sound too crazy. I don't want to sound like a bitch. Fuck that shit. This guy ghosted you, and you're worried about what he thinks about you? <laughs> don't. Don't worry about that. Fuck him. If you really want to get him where it hurts, you can say this. Your inability to be consistent is a turnoff. Wishing you well, though. I've said this to guys before where it's like, this is a real turnoff. And oh my God, they were like stumbling over themselves. I couldn't even deal with it. But I will remind you, if you send any of these, do not by any means say anything else after this or you will ruin it. Walk away with your dignity. Say what you need to say. And you have to be done with it. He wants to be a ghost. He wants to be a zombie, send him back to the graveyard where he belongs, okay? He's dead to us. Not actually. We're not wishing him death. Relax. But finally, finally, I will say one thing. If you don't feel any of those, no response is sometimes the best response. Because this guy chose to drop off the face of the fucking earth. So can you. And you're not even trying to do it in a douchey way. You're doing it to protect your boundaries. And that's really, really important. Thank you so much again for writing in and for listening to the podcast. Let me know how it goes. And again, if you have a question that you want to get answered on the pod, reach out to me at info at margotwito.com, I-N-F-O at M-A-R-G-O-T-T-O-U-I-T-O-U.com. And let's get into the rest of the episode. It's now time for a part of the show that I really love. A part of the show where, mom, if you're listening to this, it's time for you to fast forward. And if you're my rabbi or you know the man, 
You know what time it is. It's time for this week's segment of Don't Tell My Rabbi. In this week's segment, I want to say something in defense of being a hoe. Okay? Hear me out. Have you ever had that friend who every time she sleeps with a guy... She's like, oh my God, the sex was so good. I can't, it was mind blowing. Like we were doing acrobatic circus moves. Like, oh my fucking God. Really? 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 Were you? And you're like, really? Like not every fucking guy you sleep with is going to be that great. Come on, please. If you have ever been like that, Or maybe you've experienced that where you're like, oh my God, that sex was so good. I know that that was like a lot of my 20s where I was like, that was such fucking good sex. Oh my God. It wasn't good sex. It wasn't good sex. First of all, in my 20s, I didn't know what good sex was. And second of all, is the sex really that good or are you just starving so that anything will taste good? You know, when you get hungry and you will literally eat anything that's in your fridge you will reach for that empty jar of pickles that's just the juice left and chug it just to like fill your stomach you're just starving sometimes sex can be the same way you know when you haven't gotten laid in a really long time and you just fuck somebody and it's it's not that the sex can't be that good but sometimes when you haven't had sex in a long time and you finally sleep with a guy, you may end up mentally or maybe even physically attaching yourself a little too strongly to this guy just because you haven't gotten laid in a really long time. And I just think that this is not a good place to be in because it makes you feel like you're attached to someone that you're, that's really not that all that great, which is why you need to be a bit of a hoe. You need to you need to spread your legs a little bit more, ladies, because that way when a guy dicks you down, you're not going to be acting like it's the greatest thing you've ever had in your entire life. That jar of pickle juice is not the best meal you've had in your entire life. But when you're fucking starving, it will feel like it. Which is why you need to keep a roster and you need to be a bit of a hoe. I was talking to a girlfriend recently and she was in a total tizzy about this dude who wasn't texting her back while he was on vacation. And my first thing that I told her was like, first of all, he's on vacation. Second of all, are you talking to anybody else right now? Are you sleeping with anybody else right now? She was like, no. And I'm like, well, that's the fucking problem. That's another thing. If you have a roster of dudes that serve different needs, you're not going to be super upset when some guy's not texting you back. And you know what? I don't care if if you're a dude listening to this and you're like, but when men do that, like we get called all the names. Yeah, and you guys still get to rule the world. So fuck off. Ladies, you know who's, who's fucking around like this? Men. You know who gets to rule the world? They do. Okay? So it's time for you to step your little pussy up and hoe yourself around a little bit more so that you don't end up getting attached to these fucking losers out there that I know you guys are fucking crazy about. Okay? It's time to stop. It's not a good look. Also, I was talking to another friend and she was all upset because this dude that she was talking to was like, well, I just want something casual. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so move on to the next. And she's like, there isn't. Well, why? Like, there, there wasn't another guy. 
the th- here's the thing. When you are talking to multiple different guys, your feelings are not going to get as hurt. Seriously, I'm, I mean it. Why would you care if a, if a guy's just like, no, I'm just kind of looking for something casual. You're like, okay, cool. <laughs> doesn't bother me. It literally makes you more bulletproof to the douchebags, which doesn't really sound, it sounds counterintuitive. I get it. But she was like so upset. She's like, I can't believe this guy said he only wanted something casual. So have let him be your casual thing while you go out and find more casual things or more guys who want something more. Keep him on the side. Who fucking cares? Guys, you've got to stop caring so much about like dudes like that. But seriously, if one of them fucks off and decides to ghost you or one of them can't get his dick hard, then you have other ones that you can talk to. And then that way, when you go out on a date, you're clear headed. You're not all fucking horny as shit. You're not going to end up impulsively sleeping with someone because you've been getting dick down. And if you can't get dick down that much, then you need to be masturbating more. Okay. It's still a form of sexual pleasure that you need to be experiencing. Okay. Also, fun fact, biologically, we're literally made to be fucking. Do you know why the penis is shaped the way that it is? Do you know why it has that little mushroom head? Do you know what that's for? That's to scoop the sperm of the last guy out of your vaginal canal. It's a little shovel that's in there to like scoop out the last guy's dick juice and come so that his sperm can get in there and do its job and so that he can impregnate you and propagate the species. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that, okay? Our men's dicks are literally little shovels and our vaginas are the holes that need to constantly be filled, okay? So, you know, just remember, I could give you a tuna sandwich from Aroma and you would think it was the best meal you've ever eaten if you're starving. You deserve a deluxe gourmet meal. And those shitty little scraps aren't going to feel like the best thing you've ever eaten if you are fucking around more. Let's get into the rest of the episode. All right, you guys, I know you didn't necessarily tune in this week to be told to go be a hoe. So I want to talk about how much it can absolutely suck to feel lonely during the holidays. I said at the top of the episode that I sometimes get pretty grumpy around this time of year. And when it first started happening, I could not figure out why this time of year made me so upset because it was like, why? This is like, you know, a wonderful time of the year. I should be happy. I should be joyful. There's so many great things coming up. But Look, it's not always super joyful if you're feeling lonely or if you have nobody to spend the holidays with. This is that time of year where you're watching everybody share their Instagram stories where they're either flying home to see their family or a lot of Israelis are getting ready to go on big, long, exotic trips for the next month and it triggers a lot of FOMO. And maybe you don't have family here and the city kind of empties out. You know that feeling on like Erev Chag, on the night of a Chag, and the city just starts to empty out? It's kind of like New York City during summer when everybody leaves for the Hamptons and you're stuck in fucking hot-ass, brutal Manhattan. That used to happen to me when I lived in the city. And the Tel Aviv equivalent of that is when everybody who has family here dips out and drives off to the suburbs. It's the only time there's ever parking in Tel Aviv. (laughs) And you're like, wow, And you realize that everybody's left to go be with their families or their partner's families. 
and it's it sucks and you know what else it's really hard to hear israelis or anybody else who has family here complaining about being with their families when you would literally give anything to be with your family during the chagim it's so annoying it's so fucking frustrating like eh, don't want to go to my softest house for uh, shabbat dinner tonight and you're like i would kill to go to so- to softest house for shabbat dinner like uh, it's so frustrating also, let's say you do get an invite to a Shabbat dinner. Maybe you're new here. I know I've been, or, or a holiday dinner. I know I've been in this situation a lot of times. And it's really, really kind when people invite you to their dinners. But then you feel like this weird ass scraggler who's like on the edge. And you don't know anybody. And especially if you don't speak Hebrew yet, you're just kind of like, hi, I'm that weird person who's sitting in the corner trying to eat my schnitzel and just like, ugh. It sucks and you don't you it make it sometimes makes you feel more alone. I get it. But there are things you can do about it. The first thing I really recommend is to connect with local communities. And I know that that sounds easier said than done, but I'm actually going to give you some resources. There's a lot of holiday events that you can attend that are organized by local Olim communities. First up, I want to give a shout out to my friends Natalie and Dol. Um, they are a wonderful couple and they're offering a chef dinner for Rosh Hashanah for those who are alone in Israel. I'm going to leave a link to their GoFundMe page in today's show notes, but the idea behind this event is Natalie and Dor are a couple. They met in Israel. Natalie's from Los Angeles and Dor is Israeli. And they met during COVID and Natalie was feeling like she'd never had anywhere to go for the sh- for Shabbat or for the Chagim. And now she wants to give back to those people who might be feeling the exact way she did. So basically the purpose of this dinner is they want to be able to offer events at their own expense, but they're still a young couple trying to live their best life. So if you want to donate to their GoFundMe so that they can, Dora's a private chef and they want to offer a really, really nice dinner with five courses, desserts, wine, Rosh Hashanah spirit, all of that. They want to get up to 30 guests who don't have a place for the holiday. They've donated some of their own money, but they're going to be inviting lone soldiers, Anglos without families, all of that. So if you have somewhere to go and you want to donate to people who don't have anywhere to go for Shabbat, or excuse me, for Rosh Hashanah dinner, you can donate. Also, you can donate and get yourself a spot at the dinner. So I will put all of the information there and shout out to Natalie and Dole for organizing this. This is very much based on Natalie's own experience and I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that they're doing for people who have gone through the feelings of loneliness during this time of year. Next up, I just want to say to you guys, like none of this episode is sponsored by any of these events at all. I've just done a little bit of research to try to find some places for you guys to go. A great resource, I talked about this in the last episode, is the Secret Tel Aviv website. Again, not sponsored or anything like that, but there's a ton of great resources for you available if you want to check those out. One of the events that I found, also this one comes from Nefesh Benefesh, again, not sponsored, but they're doing a Tel Aviv High Holiday Services service in English at Habima in Tel Aviv, September 15th, 
at 6 p.m. And it's an awesome event where young internationals and Israelis can go for English-friendly, open, high holiday services. So no matter what kind of observance level you are looking for, there's a place for you. This is held by Tribe Tel Aviv, and their vision is to offer lots of opportunities for young Jews in Tel Aviv to engage with Jewish life. So if you want to look for a community of open-minded, like-minded peers, you can check that out. Another place that you may want to check out is Chabad on the Coast. They're going to be offering services for all of those looking to pray together with a group of people. Everyone is welcome. There is no membership required. But in order to defray the cost of the services, they are asking that you consider making a donation. Uh, It's just a suggestion. It's not a requirement. But it will also reserve you a seat and a prayer book so that you can have a spot and they want to make sure that they that you guys understand that no one will be turned away due to a lack of funds they have an open seating section but you do need to make a reservation so they ask that you check out their event page on facebook next up is a wonderful community that i absolutely love and that is the tel aviv international synagogue they're going to be offering dinners for the community on the second night of Rosh Hashanah on Saturday, September 16th, and that's at the Tel Aviv International Synagogue on Frischman 23. They're going to have food, wine, spirits, good company, and they always do dinners around the Chagim, so that's a wonderful community to consider checking out, and you can also just meet some new people. Um, They are offering an early bird discount. I think maybe you would still be able to get that, but seating is limited, so go ahead and register. Another great community if you're looking for a place to enjoy the high holiday services, both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, is Ben Yehuda 126. I know that there are a lot of young olim who are part of that community. Some people say it's like a little bit of a meat market. It's like J-Swipe in real life, but check it out. Finally, if you're looking for a guide with Rosh Hashanah events and parties leading up to the Chagim, you can check out Secret Tel Aviv's Rosh Hashanah Guide. And they also have a list of additional Olim-friendly synagogues. So that can be a really awesome way for you to feel a little bit less alone. And look, guys, I'll be the first to tell you, sometimes these Olim events can feel a little bit corny, but you got to find the right ones. I know that I've been to so many of them over the years, and I have met people there, and they are a really wonderful way to connect. So it can be a really nice way for you to get out of the house and get into the spirit. You never know who you might meet or what kind of connections you may end up making. Next up, another thing that I find really really helps me when i'm feeling lonely or sad or disconnected is volunteering and if you can find volunteer opportunities within your community and kind of give back it really provides you with a sense of purpose and connection it can be super fulfilling and in general it's pretty hard to be down on whether it's a fuckboy who won't text you back or whatever it is or if you're feeling a little bit lonely When A, you're working hard, and B, you're faced with another person's situation that kind of puts things in perspective. For example, like you're packing a food box for an elderly Holocaust survivor that can't afford food. It kind of makes you go, okay, all right, things aren't so bad for me, you know? Some of the organizations that I really love to volunteer with and have in the past and want to do so more in the future, there's the Arab Jewish Community Center in Yafo, which really promotes coexistence between Jews and Arabs. There's also the SPCA Israel. That's the Society for the Prevention and 
of cruelty to animals and oh my gosh i volunteered with them and guys it's the best it's really the best you get to play with puppies and kittens and it's absolutely amazing i mean what is better than that if you're feeling if you're an animal person oh it's the best go check them out and then also there's adopt a softa which is an organization that helps israel's impoverished holocaust survival community a lot of these elderly people are suffering so much from loneliness and believe it or not a lot of them are living below the poverty line so those are all things that you can physically get involved in but what about your emotions what about the at the end of the day if you go to a nice dinner or you find yourself volunteering and you're still feeling that emotional pull of loneliness because the truth is nothing can really compare to being with your loved ones at this time of year there's there's i get it you know I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it, but here's the thing that I think it's really important to recognize that everyone experiences loneliness, even people who you might not expect. And it's really important for you to be patient with yourself and realize that loneliness is a very common human experience. And I think nowadays with social media, it can make us feel even more alone because we're more connected than ever and yet we're comparing our lives to the people that we see online who seem to always be with a new group of people or a group of friends or traveling or doing this and doing that and it can really amplify that feeling and also in the in the past whenever the holidays have come around i've really tried to like ignore or suppress the fact that i kind of get sad around this time of year and then you know what it only intensifies my negative emotions so just remember to to be kind to yourself. I know that sounds kind of corny, but realize that every single human being on this planet experiences loneliness at some point or another. And it's common. One thing that really helps me, and I'm guys, I'm not trying to sound like some woo-woo guru who's just giving you this fluffy ass advice. I wouldn't be telling you this shit if I didn't think it actually worked. But seriously, when you are in the dumps, and I can tell you this because it happened to me today. I woke up and I was fucking stressed out. I had all this bank shit to figure out. I was crying. I was upset. I was sad. I literally had to write a gratitude list. When you focus on the positive aspects of your life and practice gratitude, and you acknowledge the things that you're thankful for, it really shifts your perspective and it can immediately improve your mood. Make a list of the people that you love that you miss. Also, another thing that you can do to really support your emotions is set realistic expectations. Guys, building meaningful connections takes time, especially if you're new here. And it kind of comes in phases and waves. I know I've had various different friends that I have known and loved across my 10 years here and I've also had times of immense loneliness and when you can avoid setting those overly high expectations for instant friendships those can really make you feel more those expectations can make you feel a lot more alone in the long run and it's a gradual process also I know it's really easy to kind of just hang out with people just for the fuck of it because you don't have anybody else to hang out with but that's how you end up with people that are like energy vampires and they make you feel worse and more alone than before. I know I've done that in the past where I've hung out with shitty people because I was lonely and it made me feel 10 times worse. If I would have just maybe, you know, sometimes we just need human connection, but sometimes it's important to think of your emotions as money, as an expense. You have $100 for the day. Who do you want to give it to? 
is that going to be your return on your investment or is that money just going away? And I'm not saying that your friends need to be like <laughs> purchasing back into your life as an emotional investment, but they they should, friendships are meant to be reciprocal in a way. And if you're just going to hang out with people that suck and don't give anything back, you're going to feel worse. We've all been there. We've all been there. I used to do this a lot. Also, I really want to encourage you guys to avoid hanging out with shitty dudes because you feel lonely. That is something that I've definitely done, especially during Corona, when I was involved with my long-term situationship. And it would be so nice to spend a couple hours with him or spend the night over at his apartment or whatever. But I would feel so much worse when I would leave that place. I'd be like, fuck. Now I got to go back to my apartment. We're in the middle of fucking lockdown. I miss my mom. Like that made me feel better for like a few hours. And now I feel fucking worse. Do not do that. It's so easy to... I know I told you guys to be a hoe at the top of the episode, but like do it with respect to your emotions and your boundaries in your body because sometimes it can end up making you feel worse. Another thing that really helped me is the positive spiral. And it's the exact same thing as a negative spiral, except you're spiraling about positive things. And the truth is that it's the exact same amount of energy, but we don't do it because we're so much more used to anticipating negative outcomes than we are positive outcomes. And I wrote, I told you guys, I woke up today feeling like absolute dog shit. And I was like, you know what? I don't have time for this today. I could easily fall down the emotional rabbit hole or I could lift myself up and I took out a journal and I, I wrote, here's my positive spiral. I wrote, today I'm going to go into the bank and I'm going to figure out what's going on with my account because I'm having issues with my account and I can't understand where my money's going and blah, 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 blah. And the banker's going to be really, really nice to me. And then I'm going to leave the bank and I'm going to get something yummy to eat for lunch. And then I'm going to come home and pet my dog. And then I'm going to finish recording the podcast today and everything's going to be great. Guess what kind of day I have? Guess what happened? Exactly that. Exactly that. I'm telling you this to remind you of the importance of a positive spiral. Get used to it and your brain eventually, that's its natural default. It's the same amount of energy as a negative spiral. It just takes a little bit more practice because we're more used to spreading the negative, to flexing the negativity muscle than we are the positive one. Again, this is not about being a toxic toxic positivity bitch. It's not like everything's perfect. Everything's great all the time. No, it's not. It's more about noticing those shifts, noticing those changes, and not letting yourself go into that negative spot, space. It happens. I get it. But those positive spirals, it's the same amount of energy exerted. And like I said, if you practice patience, just please know, guys, that overcoming loneliness does not happen overnight. It takes time and you have to be patient with yourself. And use this time to focus on your own personal growth. We've got a new year coming up. Us Jews are pretty fucking lucky. We get to celebrate more than one new year a year. This is a time for you to set goals, learn new skills. What do you want to do this year? What do you want this year to look like? If you're lonely now, how can you use this alone time to really practice things that empower you and boost your self-esteem? If you don't have, if you feel like you're going to be lonely over the Chagim, grab yourself a good book. Plan your next adventure so you have something to look forward to. I know that I'm going on a trip in October to Florida to see my dad. 
because the flights are so fucking expensive during this time of year. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to go like right during the peak of the holiday, the holidays, the Chagim. I'm going to go after in October when flights are a lot cheaper. Revisit your New Year's resolu- resolutions that you started at the beginning of the year. Let this be your mid midway check-in of all the things that you wanted to do at the beginning of 2023. Now you have the chance to do that again. And guys, celebrate those small wins. No matter how small they are, each step you take for yourself is something that you can be proud of. You're managing your loneliness. You're step- taking a step in the right direction. And you you'll know that you ultimately have your own back. Also, I know that this might not be what a lot of people want to hear, but practice getting good at being alone. Ask yourself this. Is it really, 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 truly, truly, truly the worst thing in the world for you to be alone right now? And maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe you're going through something that I can't even imagine. And if you are, I'm really sorry. But like sometimes we got to just sit in the discomfort to feel what it's like to not want to be there anymore. Sometimes the universe gives us these uncomfortable, sad moments so that we can do something to fix it. And I hate to say it, but just because it's a holiday does not guarantee that it's going to be super positive experience. Sometimes they suck and that's okay. Maybe managing those expectations and being like, you know what, just because it's Rosh Hashanah doesn't mean I have to be like super. I know it's a mitzvah to be happy, but sometimes you have to accept the reality that's in front of you and do your best with the situation. I'm pretty sure that's what Hashem would want. I'm not saying you need to wallow and be like this. Everything fucking sucks. But sometimes sometimes it's not as exciting or fun or wonderful as you think it's going to be. But don't force yourself into thinking that everything's perfect if it's not. Sometimes it's not. It's, it's going to suck. Take it from me. But listen, guys, you got this. I want to wish you all a happy new year. Check out the links in the description for all of the events, the synagogues, the dinners, etc. that we mentioned. Consider donating to Natalie and Dor, who are raising money for Olim to have a wonderful five-course chef meal. And I really want to wish you guys a wonderful Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to be coming out with an episode next week ahead of my 30th birthday. I'll be wishing you guys a happy new year again soon. If you have a question that you want answered on the podcast, don't forget to reach out at info at M-A-R-G-O-T-T-O-U-I-T-O-U.com. I love you guys so much. Shana Tova. And I will catch you in the next episode. You little hookers, whores, prostitutes, and slats. Mwah. Bye for now.